Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. As many of you may know, I'm currently on tour, so come see me. Tickets are available at everythingiconic.com. But uh, the regularly scheduled Real Housewives recaps are on a bit of a hiatus while I'm on the road. So uh, in the meantime, I do have a special interview episode for you all that I was so delighted to get to do before I left for tour. It's with a guy named R.L. Stein. Now, if you're a 90s kid like myself, you grew up reading the Goosebumps series, there have been a million of them, and getting to talk to the guy behind the Goosebumps series was such a thrill, so I hope you all enjoy this. I will put the video up on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. As always, you can find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. Please get my book. It's out on October 24th. It would really mean the world to me. There's also a Halloween chapter in the book, so if you're interested in getting it before spooky season or, or while we're still in spooky season, you can get it, read that chapter, and then save the other... Uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving chapters for later in the year, but it would really mean the world to me if you picked up The Jolliest Bunch uh, in hardcover, or it's also available in audio on October 24th. Now, please enjoy my chat with R.L. Stein. Thank you to Acast. And one more Halloween programming note, I have a holiday movie podcast that I do with my friend Jenna, and we have a Halloween episode out that can be found on the podcast feed for A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. Love you all. Happy Halloween and enjoy my chat with R.L. Stein. the author behind the beloved Goosebumps series. I have some of my Goosebumps books here today. R.L. Stein, how are you today? Hey, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. so excited. I, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but you, I'm a writer myself and I can attribute so much of that to you because growing up, I was so obsessed with your Goosebumps series and uh, it really got me reading as a kid and then also got me interested in writing and creative writing. So I just off the bat have to say thank you so much for that. I I was a bad influence on a lot of people. I know. I I think a good influence. And I'm also from Ohio. I'm from Northeast Ohio. And I know you're from Columbus. Just outside of Cleveland, Solon, Ohio. Uh, What? See you you why are you so reluctant to say the name? I don't know. I don't know. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Do you, should no, I call you RL or should I call you no, Robert? Bob. 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 Okay. No one in my life ever called me RL. I think you have to live in Texas to be RL. So I think I know this this story, but maybe you could tell listeners like why did you decide to then go by RL uh, for the books? Well, I had been jovial Bob Stein for years because I was funny and I did a humor magazine. And somehow Jovial Bob seemed inappropriate for scary stuff. Sure. So I was trying to think, what well, you know, what should I call myself? 
And at the time, Essie Hinton was huge. She was very popular. I'm wearing an Essie Hinton shirt right now. What a weird coincidence. I know. That is so weird. The outsiders. Coincidence. And I thought, well, if I use my initials, um, people would think that I was a woman and they would buy my books because everyone knows women read and men don't use my initials because of her. I can't believe you're wearing that shirt. I know. Isn't that so, that is so strange when you said that? I, I'm. Yes, right. The Outsiders was also a, a, a book that I loved as a kid. The what, Outsiders is coming to Broadway as a musical. And what were some of the books when you were a kid that you really took to, got, got you to take to reading? What were the, who were the authors that you were inspired by? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, you know, I didn't really, re- I read only comic books. I was a comic book freak. And my friends and I would walk around carrying these big stacks of comics and we would read them under the tree in my front yard and we would trade them and try to read them slowly to make them last. And when I was a kid, there were these incredible horror comics, the EC horror comics, Tales from the Crypt. And the Vault of Horror, they were, oh, I loved them. They were gruesome, bloody, horrible comics. And they all had, every story had a twist ending. So you can see these comics were very influential on me. So for many years, that's all. I just was into comic books. And then I guess when I was nine or 10, my mom dropped me off at the little library on Main Street in my community. And the librarian was waiting for me. And she said, Bobby, I know you like comic books, but I have something else I think you will like. And she took me to a shelf of Ray Bradbury stories. And those stories just changed my life. I couldn't believe them. They were so imaginative and so beautifully written and great endings. And I just uh, Ray Bradbury really turned me into a reader. Right. And I started reading him, and I started reading all kinds of science fiction then. Um, Isaac Asimov and Robert Sheckley and all the pe- people who were big science fiction writers at the time. But that li- that librarian, Henry Bradbury, really changed my life. Yeah, librarians, I think, are so important and really can open our eyes. And especially as young people, I think we... Uh, the books we read as children are really the gateways into the books we'll continue reading as adults or or the work we want to do as adults. So I think yeah, I love true. librarians. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell me how, how did the shift come then in terms of your career from doing, I know you did a lot of humor writing. You also even wrote for, I think, the Bazooka Gums, the Bazooka Joe uh, Gum <laughs> Jokes. Bubble Gum Jokes, yeah. So how did you shift from that into scary? $25 a joke. That's great. (laughs) Great money. So how did the shift happen? Well, that's an embarrassing story. See, it's it's embarrassing because it wasn't my idea to be scary. It was somebody else's idea. And I just wanted, I never planned. I always enjoyed horror, but I never planned to write it. I was just funny. I was funny all the time. And one day I was having lunch with um, my friend, Jean Fywell, who was the publisher at Scholastic. And she arrived at lunch angry. And she sat down she had just had a fight with another author who wrote teen horror, who shall remain nameless. 
Christopher Pike. And she said, I'm never working with him again. I'll bet you could write a good, scary book for teenagers. Go home, write a book called Blind Date. And I didn't know what she was talking about. What did she mean, a scary book for teenagers? I said, aye, aye, sure thing. Now, Because I always say yes to everything. Just always say yes. Sure. So I said, oh, no problem. I'll do that. And I ran right to the bookstore to find out what she was talking about. And I read books by Christopher Pike and Lois Duncan and Diane Ho and all these people who were writing teen horror just to find out what it was. But it's embarrassing it wasn't my idea. And then I wrote this book, Blind Date. It came out. It was a number one bestseller. Wait a minute. What's going on here? What is this? A year later, she asked me to do another one. I wrote a book called Twisted, another teen horror novel. And it was number one bestseller. And I thought, forget the funny stuff. I'm going to be scary. I've been scary from then on. Incredible. Kids, the kids wanted to be scared. They didn't want the funny stuff. You mentioned Lois Duncan and your books really led me to Lois Duncan. It was sort mm-hmm. of the opposite because I started with Goosebumps and then I remember reading I Know What You Did Last Summer, which was a right. Lois Duncan book and later a movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it was, that was sort of my gateway. I want to sw- switch gears a little bit because you have something on your resume that I was so surprised by. Um, it was a show on Nickelodeon, I believe, called Eureka's <laughs> Castle. You were the head writer for this show. That's and- my whole TV career. Okay, Bob, I need to know everything about Eureka's Castle, because as soon as I looked it up, I started seeing the imagery from it, and immediately it was almost in the recesses of my brain, because I watched it every single day when I was really, really little, because it was a show. You're the one. I was the one. You're the one who watched it. The bat, and I mean, I loved it. So so how did you get into Eureka's Castle? And also, is there anything you really remember from that time? Um. Well, yeah, I, you know, that was really fun. Eureka's, for people who don't remember it, Eureka's Castle was sort of like Sesame Street, only we didn't teach them anything. <laughs> they didn't learn a thing. They, I think they lost IQ points every time they watched it. But it was, uh, it was live action things, little films, and uh, like Sesame Street and puppets and wonderful puppets. The puppets were all trained by Jim Hansen the puppeteers, and they were just terrific. And it took place in a castle with Eureka, who was a wizard, and Batley, who incidentally was um, modeled after my son, Matt, who was a kid, a little kid at the time. And Matt used to come running into a room and fall on the floor and say, I meant to do that. And I stole that from him, and I used it in Batley. Oh, man. I, I remember watching it every single day. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. I, we did um, 100 episodes of Eureka's Castle. But unfortunately, that horrible purple, that horrible purple dinosaur. Barney. Yes. Oh, so Barney ended it up. all the audience. And oh, interesting. Watching this horrible, bouncy purple puppet. Instead, you know, we're doing all this sophisticated, funny stuff, and they they actually stole the audience. It was a shame. You, do you have any props from that show, or any any props no, or puppets have, or anything? I have a uh, I have a blooper reel with the puppets all swearing. 
My God. You know, when they mess up, they would mess up, and the puppets would, and they would all swear in character, which is really funny. Wait, can you put that online somewhere? Can we watch that somehow? No, absolutely no, no. not. No um, way. Okay. Okay, take me to your writing routine. Do you follow any sort of routine throughout the day? I mean, you're still so prolific, but is there, do I'm you a have machine. a schedule? I'm do you a have machine. A, I know you are work. a machine. It's factory work. I, uh, I, today, I'm, you know, I'm still, Goosebumps is still going, you know, it's 31 years old. Why? Why is it still going? They're good. We're actually uh, doing a new Goosebumps series starting this month called Goosebumps House of Shivers. All new stories, new cover artists. We're refreshing it. But um, I work every day from like 10 to 1. Those are good hours, right? Right. Three hours a day. Those are good hours. I write, uh, I try to write 2,000 words a day. Okay. And I have a little game with myself. I sit down, I write in the morning, and when I hit 2,000, I quit, no matter where I am. <laughs> Middle of a sentence, no matter what. I do my 2,000 words, and then I come back the next day and ready to go again. Has there been a concept that you've wanted to tackle in one of the Goosebumps books that you haven't figured out how to or or been able to incorporate into one of the Goosebumps books? Well, not really. I think I've done everything you can do. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I don't think there's any stories left. I, here's a couple things with Goosebumps. One is I've always, I wanted, I have this great title that they won't let me use. What is it? Can you tell me? The title is Morons from Mars. And they don't want to use it because moron? <laughs> is that the? Because, yeah, that's a great Goosebumps title, right? I think so. And the editor there said, I'm sorry you'll offend the morons. <laughs> yeah. It's hard because words in different contexts are, are, you know, aren't offensive. And but I think the hope is that the reader is also has the critical thinking skills to understand that. Yeah. It's, they've gone too far, I think. Mark Brown and I have a new picture book out. Mark, you know, does Arthur the Aardvark called Why Did the Monster Cross the Road? And it's about two monsters, honey and funny. And I started, I wrote, started the book out. It says, honey and funny are monsters. Honey is small and funny is big. And the editor said, we're trying to get away from size comparisons. It's hard. One be orange and one be green. And I said, no. (laughs) I said, no, one is big and one is little. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, 
all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic shopify s-h-o-p-i-f-y dot com slash everything iconic all right i'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and i'm watching one of my shows i'm always hopping on the redfin app or website because i just want to check out real estate listings like i love checking out real estate listing even for the houses that i cannot afford it's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent, can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. What are the rules of a Goosebumps book? I know the books tend to end on cliffhangers, but are there any other rules that you go into with those books? Here are the rules. No hugging, no crying. Interesting. And have you broken those rules ever? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think I have. No hugging, no crying. And why? So why would why would those be rules? What I hate most about TV shows and horror shows for kids, they're always hugging and crying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A little too earnest. Yeah. A little too much emotion. Because it takes away from the scare, I would imagine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. But but I have other you know I'm being silly, yeah. <clears throat> I'm being silly. Um, 
I, I have uh, no real world problems. It's no drug related problem. Nothing ever relates. No, you. I, I, I don't think no divorce. Mm. Nothing real that's going to ruin the. You know, goosebumps readers have to know the book is a fantasy, that it couldn't happen. And right. so I try to keep real life out of it as much as possible. And if you do that, you can get pretty scary. Right. Um, there have been so many adaptations. Of course, there were the two feature films. I remember the series from, I believe it was the 90s, uh, that um, I remember so well. And now there's a new Disney Plus Hulu show. Out of all the sort of the adaptations, what do you, which one do you like the best? Is there one that you feel best captures sort of the essence of your writing? Um, I've been so lucky. I think I've been really lucky that most of the stuff has been good. Yeah. The original TV series was really well done. You know, I was writing, I was doing a Goosebumps book a month at the time. So I couldn't really be very involved in the TV show. And we had these two guys who just got it. They got it that it was funny and scary. And they just did a great job. And the two Goosebumps movies with uh, Jack Black playing me. Jack and I are like twins, right? I mean, how incredible to have him play you. Yeah, it was amazing. It was yeah. wonderful. And But I had very little input in that movie, those two movies. And they turned out to be really good. So I've been I've been lucky. I've had a few things I haven't liked very much, but overall, um, most of people the adaptations have been terrific. You know, in my research, I found uh, that you did a Goosebumps CD-ROM with Steven Spielberg and Jeff Goldblum. Yes, an early video game, which is crazy. It, yeah, Steven Spielberg pissed, uh, picked the cast out. Isabella Rossellini was in it. Jeff Goldblum. They spent a fortune on it. It was the first video game that you could go around 360 degrees. You could go around and see what was behind you and what was all over the place. And And they just, you know, it was very hard. I never finished it. And never got got to the end. Very advanced technology, too, they were doing at that time. It was. Uh, okay, I know I'm getting really in the weeds here, so I apologize. But, you know, no I, this was my favorite book, the, Say Cheese and Die. This was the one that I remember just being obsessed with as a child. Yes. Um, but I want to know what your favorite is. And then I'm also curious about some of the design stuff, which we'll get to. But do you have a favorite or a couple that really spring to mind? I have a couple. But I usually when people ask me what's my favorite, I usually give a different answer. Okay. Each time it's it's hard to have a favorite. I you know my best Halloween book is The Haunted Mask. Mm, I have that one behind and, me somewhere you know, with Carly Beth, who wants to be scary at Halloween time, and tries on that mask and then can't get it off. It sticks to her face and it turns her evil. And, and that's my best Halloween story, I think. And that's that's one of the better. There's also that was a really that was the very first Goosebumps TV show that we did, and it was really well done. Yeah, I just rewatched it in in preparation for this because it's on Netflix. You can watch that original yes. series, and the Haunted Mask is a two parter, and it is it is genuinely scary and and fun. It was but you really good and yeah. all Canadian. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> 
My design question. The Goosebumps TV show was totally Canadian production. We shot it at an old Molson brewery in Toronto. So if you watch, um, by the way, Say Cheese and Die, that TV show has 11 year old Ryan Gosling in it. Amazing. We used every kid in Canada. Amazing. I wonder if that's why I liked it as a kid, that book so much. (laughs) Maybe. If you watch uh, Werewolf of Fever Swamp, it's down in the Everglades in Florida, and they all have Canadian accents. It's wonderful. I love that. You know, I'm just having this flashback. I I might have talked about this on my show before, but um, I used to love the Scholastic Book Fair when we would get the magazines in class and I would circle what I would hope to get or what I wanted to get if I had the money. And... um, I just remember around the holidays that I would be so excited to see. I think you had a snowman goosebumps book around yes, Christmas time. And I would get so excited to know that there were kind of there were a, a Halloween themed one or a Christmas themed goosebumps book. I don't, I just love that as a kid. I was having a flashback to that. Uh, but I mentioned the design. And so I'm curious how involved you were, but also how sort of like the slime and the, design of the of the title came about because it is so it's so memorable you know, so iconic I, that was the art department yeah so they, they presented it to the you logo and the look of it was all the art department okay our original cover artist was uh tim jacobus and he did about the first hundred covers he did a hundred cover paintings wow. and uh, those are the ones you remember i think yeah he yeah made, of course i was busy writing i had writing a book a month i'm a few weeks, I got to turn it out. So uh, I wouldn't have the book finished when it was time for him to do the cover. And I would just send a paragraph, just be a little paragraph and tell him what the book was about. And he got it right. Then he would do a painting and it, he got it right every time, except that book you were talking about, Say Cheese and Die. And well, he didn't book, get that one right. The book is about an evil camera that takes pictures in the future of bad things that are going to happen. And Tim sent that cover in. You can look at it. It's a photo of a family of skeletons barbecuing. has nothing to do with the book. It's the only time that ever happened. And, of course, the editors called me then, and they said, Bob, can you add a scene of skeletons barbecuing? Because, you know, God forbid, Tim should have to change the painting, right. right? So I added a dream sequence where the kid's dreaming about skeletons barbecuing. <laughs> Just so that. the cover would make sense. I love that. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit to Fear Street, which is another one of your series, which was adapted and, and made into these three Netflix movies, I think, over the past couple of years and i thought they were great i i really loved them and i'm curious will do you know if there will be more of the fear street coming well can you keep a secret maybe let's see is anyone listening no one's listening no one's listening no one's here three more okay three more movies okay you didn't hear it from me okay i was hopeful i'm not allowed to talk about it (laughs) okay good i was really hopeful i gotta wait till after the strike right right uh I yeah, we were quite successful. We we killed a lot of teenagers, didn't we? Did yeah, and the movies turned out really well. I was I I remember I watched I think all three of them when they were coming out um, on Netflix, and I just thought they were great. Success. All three were number one on Netflix. Right. That was pretty amazing. I was amazed. 
you've had so much incredible success. And what would you tell that young Robert back in Ohio growing up? (laughs) What would you say to him now if you had a chance to talk to him? Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess. I, I people ask me that and I here's my joke, okay? I always say, Bob, when 2008 comes around, get out of the stock market. <laughs> right. That's my but I'm yeah. not doing good that. advice. I, yeah, I know. I don't know what would I tell myself? I you know, I'm 9 years old, I'm in my room typing. Already I just, you know, keep at it, Bob. Keep at it. <laughs> Got to work out pretty well. And do you think you ever will retire or are you? Don't ask that. I hate that question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Kids sorry. Kids ask that. Now, no one used to ask me that question. I think um, I think I, I got a letter from a kid who said, and when you die, can someone in your family take over the books? <laughs> Love yeah, that. Yeah, people don't I, want to say goodbye. I don't. Authors don't retire, don't they? You just drop dead on your keyboard. <laughs> right. I I don't ever want you to retire. No, I I'm glad. I I don't ever want that to happen. And Penny, I, what else would I do all day? I know. Is there a story in you that you want to tell maybe outside of the scary stuff or or just anything in general? Is there a book that you would love Not to write really. that you haven't? Yeah. No. I yeah. I'm lucky. I've done everything I want. I always I love getting to do funny books still. I did 3 garbage pail kids books recently just for fun, you know. That was fun. And hey, we have to mention Stein Tingler's too, you know. Right. This is my, this is, book just came out. These are 10 all new short stories. In a hardcover too, which I think is it's super special. Cover, all, But they're all new short stories. And I'm really uh, proud of it. Yeah. And what do you, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want people when they, they think of your work and, and you as a person sort of, what do you want that to be? Oh, I don't know. For many years, I thought, well, it would say, my tombstone would say, he got boys to read. That was a pretty good accomplishment. But I don't, you know, you don't want to leave out the girls. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. But uh, yeah, I think. That's what, you know, seriously, people always say, well, what kind of job is that? Terrifying kids. You scare kids for a living. But it's, you know, it's all about getting kids to read. My whole career has been reading motivation and showing you don't have to stare at a screen. You really, you can pick up a book and be totally entertained by it and not have to learn anything or grow or anything. Just be entertained by a book. And that's really what my whole career has been about, to be serious. Yeah. And I think reading opens up your imagination in, in a way that's really important and and that's what your books did for me as a young child and made me want to explore sort of different worlds or or create worlds in my head. And right. so that's I just think it's all happening in your head. It's not on a screen. It's not on, you know, a computer. It's all happening right inside your head. And I, I think one of the things that gets lost with reading now is it is so important. I believe for empathy. I think when you read a book and you are putting yourself into the character's shoes because you're having to imagine these worlds in your head, I think it helps you understand people in different ways that you might not have uh, thought to, to try to understand them before. If it's a character in that, you would not normally be introduced to, if that makes any sense. No, that's, that's a very good point. You're outside yourself. Right. 
Uh, okay, so any anything else you want to tell us about what's coming next? I know you have Stein Tingler's two coming out. You have the Disney Plus Hulu series. There's so much going on. Oh, the new Goosebumps House of Shivers is coming this fall, and you know I'm doing graphic horror novels for adults. Oh, that's, that's exciting! A new thing. <laughs> yes, these are really going like the old horror comics when I was a kid. They're called Stuff of Nightmares. And I'm doing them for Boom Studios in L.A. And uh, there are two more coming out this fall. And they're really gruesome. Oh, I can't wait to read them. Oh, yes. uh, you must Stop get asked the- all the time to for people for you to write people's names in your book. Do you get that a lot? Probably everyone asks you. Um, not recently. We, we've done a lot of contests where auctions, school auctions, where um, they got to be a character in the book. I haven't done it recently. We we did that a lot. Do you because I would imagine you that probably is one of the hardest things with your books is coming up with names all the time because you, you're well constantly I having when it. I started Goosebumps, my son Matt was uh, still in school and I had his school directory and I used just about every kid <laughs> I used every kid in his school. I just went down the list and used their names. Because, you know, I made it so hard for myself. Every book starts all over again with a whole new cast of characters. There's no repeating. And do you like uh, do you like when you pick up a series? So something like Slappy or or a character, do you like writing them again? Do you prefer that or do you like kind of leaving it? it, Well, I'm I can't believe we almost made it through this conversation without mentioning Slappy. Sorry about that, Bob. Sorry, I had to mention him. No, Slappy is he's my favorite character and my least favorite character. And I mean, talking about see, I've had to write 15 books about Slappy, <laughs> about a dummy coming to life and no one knows it. That's a that's a lot. It got really hard to come up with plots. You know, I even killed him off in one book, the ghost of Slappy, but I had to bring him back. Well, do you think he'll be back again at some point? I'm sure, right? Yeah, right. Uh, well, what he ad- was so popular in the movies, you know, yeah. we had to do him. What advice do you have for parents out there who might be having trouble getting their kids to read, or they want their kids to pick up a book, whether it be Goosebumps or something else? Do you have any advice for parents? Yeah, I, I don't have very interesting advice, but my advice is let them pick out what they want. Don't try to force them to read anything. Right. It just it doesn't work. Let them let them choose and don't put down what they choose. My son, Matt, his claim to fame is that he never read a Goosebumps book. Oh, my Isn't God. He's horrible? never read one. He, no, he's not horrible. That is horrible. That would make me crazy. Right. He knew. But he, he read um, only Garfield comics his whole childhood. That's all he read. He had every collection. And every night he's in his bed reading Garfield comics. And then he went off to college and he was an English major. So go figure. (laughs) It worked out. I remember those Garfield collections. They were landscape mode. And so I had them all. Right. Yeah. I, I, I have to let you go, but I just want to, again, just say thank you truly from the bottom of my heart. Your work has meant so much to me and and so many people uh, around the world. And so just thank you for all your work thank because... You. Thank you, Danny. It's, thank you. It's horror, but it 
so creatively opened my mind and brain when I was a child and helped me escape from maybe hard times, which I'm sure you hear of that a lot too. Kids who are going through rough family situations or personal things and, and being able to escape in one of your books without those sort of real world things, I think is probably so helpful for so many. And, and it just was so, you inspired me so much. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Hey, I really enjoyed talking with you. It truly my pleasure. And if you want to name a character, Danny Pellegrino, go for it. I would love it. And, um, but you want to be, no you want to be good or bad? I'd, I'd take either any, any of your writing I'd take either, but I think bad would be right. fun. We'll keep it in mind. Thank you so much, Bob. Okay. Terrific. Thanks Bye-bye. Again. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 